It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right. What's up, everybody? Happy, uh, what is it today? It's hump day, isn't it? Yeah, today's Wednesday. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. We, uh... Got a jam-packed show lined up for you today. Wow, the uh, the you know what show that is the Republican Party. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on in the world, a lot going on within the Republican Party, a lot going on in Las Vegas. Ron Futrell from Channel Eight Sports is going to be joining us in hour number two. Talk a little F1 action. We got a college basketball tournament which starts Friday at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, UNLV football uh, with an opportunity to make it to a bowl game. There's a lot of uh, great topics to talk about from the sports perspective and Draymond Green uh, showing us a proper chokehold. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't heard of who Mark Wayne Mullen is, you're going to find out in these next few minutes. There was a Senate committee on health, education, labor and pensions hearing that took place. And the Teamsters president, Sean O'Brien, and Mark Wayne Mullen, who, by the way, is a sitting senator and a Republican, got into it. Have a listen to this. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold Stop it. Is that your Sorry. solution? Every poll. No, no. Sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. You, they sound like a bunch of 10-year-old school children. The man is a sitting senator, and he wants to go to blows with this Teamsters president because of a couple mean tweets. Now, I don't know if Mark Wayne Mullen has short man syndrome uh, I don't know what his deal is. And then you have Bernie Sanders trying to be the voice of reason. The poor guy, sit down, you're a sitting senator. And Mark Wayne Mullen standing up, trying to be Mr. Tough Guy standing at four feet tall. And it continues even after Bernie Sanders tries to settle things down. So anytime, any place. No, that's April, not. April is a charity event. No, that's or, not. That's no, not. No, no it's a. He, no. We, Sir, he said it, and this is my He is here to tell no. parameters on what the questions can or cannot be asked, and I'll ask No, you're not going to, we're not going to be talking about physical confrontation. Oh, this is about charity, for a union charity. Oh, it's about charity. It's for a union charity, so we can go to blows. It's okay, Bernie Sanders. It's for charity. So if somebody makes a mean tweet about me, we can go to blows and we could have some sort of physical altercation. And let's not talk about real issues that the country is facing. Let's talk about some mean tweet or some personal issues I have with this guy. And let's try to set a date to have a UFC fight. Are you kidding me? This guy's a sitting senator. How embarrassing is this? And it continues. It gets even worse. Have a listen. Anytime, any place. What's your question? Accept the challenge. What challenge? You said anytime, any place. I'm accepting yours, so once you come What back, challenge? What challenge are you talking April about? April 30th. How about we do it for a charity at the Smoking Guns in Tulsa, Oklahoma? No, we're, we're not going to be talking about challenge? physical confrontations here. You want to fight me? What do you say by anytime, any place? <laughs> you want to fight me? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot make this stuff up. 
You just can't. You can't make this stuff up. This is a sitting senator. And this is a guy who wants to go to blows with the Teamsters president, Sean O'Brien. Folks, this is an embarrassment to the country. It's an embarrassment to Republicans. These are elected officials. And this guy seems to think that it's okay. All right, we're going to continue this on the other side. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us, talking a little bit about uh, the Republican you-know-what show and and some of the uh, altercations that took place yesterday in the House chambers. It really is mesmerizing, and it's unbelievable. Okay. So if you haven't heard of this guy, his name is Senator Mark Wayne Mullen out of Oklahoma. He's a Republican. And they had this Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and pensions hearing for the American people, right? But for whatever reason, Mark Wayne Mullen, the Oklahoma Republican, decided to challenge Teamsters president Sean O'Brien to a fight. Have a listen to this. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Actively. Okay. Sit down, please. That's right, Bernie Sanders. You're in a United States senator. Act like it. I don't think he's capable of. I don't know if he has short man syndrome. I don't know what this guy's mental problems are, but we're in the middle of this hearing, and he's literally challenging this Teamsters president to an actual physical altercation, and he stands up. Maybe on stilts, but he's standing up. Oh, and it gets worse because Bernie Sanders tries to calm the situation or do the best that he can. But, you know, Oklahoma Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen is having nothing about it. And it continues. So anytime, any place. No, that's April, not. April is a charity event. No, that's not. That's no, not. No, no it's a. He, no. With, Sir, he said it, and this is my he is time. here to so tell no. parameters on what the questions can or cannot be asked. And I'll ask no, you're not going to. We're not going to be talking about physical confrontation. Oh, this is about charity for a union charity. <laughs> well, they are, Bernie. Well, this is about charity, so I can challenge him to a fight right now in the House chambers. Bernie Sanders doesn't know what to do. He's he's trying to do the best he can, and this moron filled with, I guess, a bunch of testosterone and idiocy 
in Mark Wayne Mullen thinks it's okay to challenge somebody to a physical altercation, but we'll have it at, at, at some sort of charity event. It'll be for charity. So that makes everything okay. And again, Bernie Sanders is trying to calm things down, and it continues. You said anytime, place. What's your question? Accept the challenge. What challenge? You said anytime, place. I'm accepting yours, so why don't you come What back? challenge? What challenge are you talking April about? April 30th. How about we do it for charity? At the Smoking Guns in Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, we're not going to be talking about physical confrontations here. You want to fight me? What do you say by anytime, any place? <laughs> yeah, he does. You want to fight me? I don't blame this guy, Sean O'Brien, for being like, is this real? Am I in the Twilight Zone? No. I'm at a hearing testifying, and I have a sitting senator, the Republican from Oklahoma, challenging me to a fight while Bernie Sanders is trying to de-escalate, folks, you can't make this stuff. These re- these Republicans are absolutely, you know what, crazy. And this actually happened. This isn't a movie. This isn't a fake script. This actually happened. And to make matters even worse, to a normal human being, which clearly Mark Wayne Mullen is not, there's nothing normal about him. Normally, if you cool down and you make a mistake, you apologize and you say, you know what? My conduct was wrong. I apologize. I apologize to all my uh, colleagues and Sean O'Brien. But no, not Mark Wayne Mullen. He appears on multiple shows on Fox News. This is one of them where he's actually doubling down on his behavior. Again, folks, you can't make this stuff up. He's actually saying that if he had the opportunity, he would do it again. Because Bernie was saying this isn't how we behave. And I said, you brought the thug in. You know how he behaved. You've seen this te- his his tweets to me, or X, I don't know what you call them, but where he's he's tweeted at me, and and you've seen where uh, where he's behaved, and you know his past. You're the one bringing this thug in in front of the committee. So what do you expect's going to happen? And keep in mind too, this isn't anything new. Andrew Jackson uh, challenged two people or nine people to a duel when he was president, and he also knocked one guy out at a, at a White House dinner. There's been Caney's before in the, in the Senate, too. Maybe we should bring some of that back and it'll keep people from thinking they're so tough and make a set at a table and we can actually work out our differences without poking at each other and, and, and want to run to cameras and call people names. Maybe if we, if we have some type of respect because we know there's going to be consequences for your actions, then maybe we can move on with all this, I don't know, jargon that happens around this place. Well, the very- because Bernie- so, ladies and gentlemen, You have Mark Wayne Mullen doubling down on his statements, saying that maybe we should bring that back, basically saying to you, the American people, that if somebody says something on Twitter that you don't like or somebody calls him a jerk or whatever the case may be, that we should be allowed to have physical altercations in the House chambers. Is there any reasonable person? That would be okay with that. Is there any reasonable person that thinks this behavior is okay for an elected official in Washington, D.C., in a hearing broadcast live for the world to see to challenge somebody to a fight and then double down on a witness, double down and say, yeah, we need to bring things back to decades and decades ago where people challenged other people to physical altercations and people had physical altercations because you don't like somebody or you don't like what somebody said about you or you don't like a tweet. Heck, if that was the case, I would have been in thousands of fights in my lifetime and I would imagine you would have too. But this is who Mark Wayne Mullen is. He is unhinged. 
He is unfit for office. He is mentally ill. And I don't know what it is with him. I don't know if he has short man syndrome or he has something to prove uh, with his physical abilities or his UFC skills. I have no idea. But this is unbecoming of anybody who is an elected official. Uh, these are not two consenting adults, as he said. Uh, this is one child. This is a child. Somebody with a, a absurd amount of immaturity who thinks that this kind of behavior is okay. Now, I'm not surprised that Sean Hannity is backing Mark Wayne Mullen because Mark Wayne Mullen has an R next to his name. Mullen appeared on the Sean Hannity show, and Hannity is attempting to and failing again to defend Mullen's behavior. When I grew up, it was a little bit of a different time. When me and my friends, when we played football, when we played basketball, I played hockey, you know, I don't think there was a single day that we were playing sports where we didn't drop the gloves or, you know, have a, a brief interlude of, you know, th throwing fists and it'd right. be all be over. You pick up and you start playing again. You know, yeah. when all of a sudden did, did we become that woke that the thought of two people, uh, one responding to a threat directly saying, OK, you threatened me. Here's your opportunity. Take me up on it. Yeah, well, it's political correctness. It's it's, it's all of a sudden you got to worry about somebody's feelings. But oh, by the way, the left can say whatever they want. OK, what an idiot Sean Hannity is. First of all, we're not talking about a hockey game when you're in high school, you stupid jackass. Hannity, you buffoon you. We're not talking about an NHL game or a pickup game. We're talking about a sitting senator, an elected official in the House chambers challenging to fight a witness in a hearing. And Sean Hannity is trying to say that this is wokeness because people might have a problem with somebody physically challenging another individual in the House chambers. This isn't allowed in any place of work, especially when you're a sitting senator and Hannity's defense to this moron Mark Wayne Mullen's behavior is, Back in my day when we played hockey, we would drop the gloves. And he's trying to compare when he was a child playing hockey, getting into some sort of physical altercation to a sitting senator in a hearing challenging somebody to a fight. Ladies and gentlemen, does this make any sense to you? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. Imagine if this was a Democrat that did this. Let's just think for a moment. Imagine if Ocasio-Cortez challenged a witness in the Biden hearings to a physical altercation. Imagine for a moment if Swalwell, for example, challenged a Republican witness or any witness for that matter to a physical altercation. And then you think Sean Hannity would go on Fox News and say, well, I really don't have anything wrong. I don't I really have a problem with what Swalwell did, because, you know, back in my day when I played hockey, we would just drop the gloves. I mean, this is wokeness. I don't know why anybody would have a problem with this. Of course, Hannity would never do that. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat. This is an embarrassment. Mark Wayne Mullen is an embarrassment. He's unfit for office. He is unhinged and he has no business being in that seat. Now, you won't hear Republicans crying that. You won't hear Republicans trying to out him. You won't hear Republicans calling out his behavior. You'll hear many Republicans either silent about this issue or they'll take the Sean Hannity approach and try to defend the indefensible. 
back in the day, we used to drop the gloves in a hockey game. You know, when I was in middle school, oh boy, at recess, guess what? Mr. Mullen is a grown adult. Mr. Mullen is an elected official. Mr. Mullen is a sitting senator. And Mullen has doubled down on Fox News on his behavior. Not only has he not apologized, but he made reference to the fact that he wants to bring back the good old days, right? When people used to have issues with one another and they would just duke it out. What's next? Are we just going to take out guns? Are we start going to be firing at one another? What's next with the Republican Party? This man is a disgrace. He's an embarrassment to the country. He's certainly an embarrassment to Republicans. And he is absolutely unfit for office. And I think he needs to get his brain checked. That's I, I, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. But, I mean, this is even crazy standards, you know, by the MAGA right Republicans, like the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Matt Gaetzes of the world. I mean, this is even crazy by their standards. But you won't hear Republicans calling him out. I guarantee you, if a Democrat did this on the House floor, if a Democrat physically challenged a witness to a physical fight, I guarantee you there'd be Democrats all over the country that would be calling out that behavior. But not if you're a Republican, ladies and gentlemen, at least not in 2023. So this wasn't the only incident that took place in Washington, D.C. yesterday. A man by the name of Tim Burchett, you might have heard of him, a Tennessee Republican, accused House Speaker Kevin McCarthy of deliberately elbowing him in the kidneys. To set it up for you, Burchett was doing a live interview. And while he was doing this interview, Burchett tells us what happens next. I got elbowed in the back and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys. And I turned back and there was there was Kevin. Clean shot to the kidneys. An intentional clean shot to the kidneys. And there's audio of this as well. Oh, and it gets worse because he chased after him. But and I don't blame him for doing that, by the way. But it's interesting because Burchett describes Kevin McCarthy in the best possible way you can. You know, he's the type of guy that when you're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. And he just, you know, he, he, uh, from behind that kind of stuff. It, you know, that's not the way we handle things in East Tennessee. We, we if we have a problem with somebody, I'm going to look them in the eye and, and talk yeah, to them. Yeah, it's not the way anybody would handle things if you're an adult. But this is the way Kevin McCarthy handles things. The guy with, you know, a a Floyd Mayweather entourage of security. Maybe this is why. Because Kevin McCarthy is a coward. Kevin McCarthy has no backbone. And he's a petulant child. That's who Kevin McCarthy is. And, you know, more Republicans day by day can't stand this guy. It's really, really bad. And it's really daunting when the person that is filing an ethics complaint against you is DUI Venmo Matt Gates himself. Yes, Matt Gates filed an ethics complaint against Kevin McCarthy yesterday. And then uh, the Tennessee Republican Tim Burchett uh, describes what happened next because he actually follows Kevin McCarthy and confronts him. Chased him? What do you mean you chased well, him? I just ran after him. I was like, what the heck? You know, why'd you do that? You know, because it was, uh, like I said, it, if you've ever been hit in the kidneys, it's a little little different. You don't have to hit very hard to cause a little bit of pain, a lot of pain. And, and so I, and... He just, of course, um, as he always did, does, he just uh, denies it or uh, uh, blames somebody else or something, you know, and it was just a, 
little heated, but I just backed off because there wasn't any, I saw no reason. I wasn't gaining anything from it. And then everybody saw it, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, so this did happen. You have multiple witnesses. There's audio of this. There's no way in hell that Tim Burchett is making this stuff up. Now, what's Kevin McCarthy's issue with Tim Burchett? Why would he elbow Burchett in the kidney, as Burchett described? Well, I'm glad you asked. Burchett is one of the eight GOP members who voted to remove McCarthy from his leadership post back in October. Yes, that's right. And he was just speaking to uh, reporters after a closed-door Republican conference meeting when this incident took place. And McCarthy's blow, according to Burchett, as I mentioned, this wasn't an accident. It was intentional and fueled by personal resentment. Because that's how Republicans today deal with personal resentment. They don't talk it out. They act with physical violence. Or at least they want to act with physical violence. If you don't believe me, just ask Mark Wayne Mullen how he feels about that. Is this what we want our children to grow up to be? These are some of the leaders of the Republican Party today. I don't like him. He voted to out me. So I'm going to elbow him in the kidneys. And then as he follows me, I'm going to deny it. Yes, that's right. McCarthy actually lied and denied this ever happened to members of the media in a media scrum just hours after when the story came out. Because McCarthy is a liar. We know that. He's a brown noser. He's a coward. He's a liar. Basically, all the characteristics of Donald Trump in mini Kevin McCarthy. And this is how we're going to remember Kevin McCarthy. Because this is probably the end of his political career. We're always going to remember Kevin McCarthy as a coward, somebody who brown knows the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. If we recall, it was less than 24 hours after the January 6th insurrection. And Kevin McCarthy said that Donald Trump bared responsibility for what took place. And then people across the country were finally saying, wow, Kevin McCarthy finally showed a backbone. He's finally telling the truth. And then McCarthy waddles his way over to Mar-a-Lago has a private meeting with Donald Trump, takes some pictures with him, shares those publicly, and then changes his tomb uh, about Donald Trump, brown-nosing Donald Trump and saying Trump didn't bear any responsibility, basically, for January 6th and walked back his words. Why? Because Kevin McCarthy wanted to be the House Speaker and wanted to remain in power, and that certainly backfired on him as well. Kevin McCarthy has no backbone. I'm certain of that. He is two-faced, and he is a coward, and he is one of the most unliked politicians, in my opinion, in my lifetime, in 43 years. And this is how we're going to remember Kevin McCarthy because he is a coward, and this is how they handle these types of situations. And it is abundantly clear to me, it is absolutely pathetic. And Kevin McCarthy will always be remembered as a yellow coward because that's who he is. That wasn't the only incident that took place. No, there's another one, ladies and gentlemen. So James Comer, the Republican out of Kentucky, as you know, who has led investigations into the Biden, as he would say, crime family, and he's found no evidence at all, had a very testy exchange with Democrat Jared Moskowitz. Now, this was supposed to be a hearing on oversight of the General Services Administration, but that's not really how things panned out here, uh, because Moskowitz brings up the fact that Comer dealt with a substantial loan with his own brother when he's criticizing Joe Biden and the Biden family for doing the exact same thing. 
you have you gone on TV and you said the president did something you illegal. You're doing stuff with your brother. The American people have the same questions. Why should they believe you? Why should they believe you? Why should they believe you? There's, there's a different rule for the president. There's a different rule for you. Why should they believe what you're saying, Mr. Chairman? Why? It's a very fair question, by the way. Comer sounds like a Republican who fails to find any evidence of wrongdoing or criminality when it comes to Joe Biden. He's talked about this $200,000 check that's made public. By the way, Joe Biden wasn't even a politician or running for office when this check was written alone involving his brother. But yet, it appears as though Comer did the almost identical thing with a member of his family. And then when Moskowitz brings it up, attacks, go on the defensive, call Moskowitz names, right? He called Moskowitz a smurf and then calls Moskowitz a liar. You go on Fox News and say loans you and go deals are a way to evade taxes. We don't know that's what you're doing or not. We don't know. We have no idea. We're supposed to take your word for it. But when the president well, you've says already something, been proven a liar, Mr. Moskowitz. What's that? You've already been proven a liar. Today. Who's proven me a liar? You? Yes. Your word means well, nothing, Mr. Chairman. Yeah, because that's what I think about when I think of the definition of credibility. I think about this right wing buffoon, Comer. He's a liar. He's a liar. Well, Comer must be telling the truth, right? Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Why is why is Comer getting so upset? Maybe because he's a hypocrite. Maybe because he's done the exact same thing that he's calling out Joe Biden for doing. And by the way, there's no evidence that Joe Biden committed any crimes. Comer actually did this allegedly when he was in office. Biden had a dealing with his brother with this loan and he wasn't even in office. So Moskowitz brings up a really good point here because as you can hear it in Comer's voice, he's getting very flustered, red-faced, very upset. Why? Mr. Chairman, this seems to have gotten under your this seems to have gotten under your skin. I'll pay I mean, for your I, ticket. I, I, I think the American people have lots of questions, Mr. Chairman, and perhaps you should sit maybe for a deposition. I, yeah. I think that's a really good, uh, I'd like to hear that deposition as well. If you're going to go after the president of the United States and investigate Biden for doing nothing wrong, and again, Comer has zero evidence. Let me repeat, zero evidence that Joe Biden has broken any laws and done anything wrong with any bit of criminality in it. And then we learn, and Moskowitz is very fair for him to bring this up, that Comer might have actually done the exact same thing. The exact same thing. Maybe Comer should be investigated. Hmm. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Ladies and gentlemen, why are Republicans losing their minds? Why is Comer so upset? Why are people that are Republicans threatening physical violence and challenging people to physical fights? Why is all this happening? Why are people being elbowed? Well, could it be, ladies and gentlemen, that it's not just divide? I know some people in the media want to say, well, the Republicans have so much divide now. That's one of many issues. It's not just divide. They are unhinged and they are unfit for office and they don't know how to govern. Those are the issues that we are facing here, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's going on with the Republican Party today. They are hypocrites. They have no solutions to any of the real problems facing this nation. So they resort to physical violence or attempting to have a physical altercation, or in this case, the blatant lies and the blatant hypocrisy. 
We've heard about this time and time again, about this $200,000 check and this $200,000 loan from Joe Biden's brother. Again, important to note, when Joe Biden wasn't even in office, he didn't even hold public office. No criminality there. We just see an image of this check and no evidence of any wrongdoing at all. Comer wants to make something out of nothing. But then when a Democrat questions his possible loan with a member of his family, you see how defensive he gets? So it's okay for him to go after the president of the United States with no evidence of any criminal wrongdoing whatsoever. But when somebody even brings up the fact that he may have done the same thing, and it certainly appears he did with a member of his own family, for whatever reason, he decides to get very defensive, decides to resort to name-calling, a page from the MAGA playbook. These are elected officials, ladies and gentlemen. These are supposed to be the best of the best, right? These are supposed to be well-respected adults. They're not. And Republicans today, in 2023, many of the far-right ultra-MAGA Republicans, not only do they not know how to govern, but they're dangerous. If you're listening to this sort of stuff, and you're a young kid that wants to be a politician one day, is this what you want to grow up to be? Is this what we want our kids to grow up to be? Threatening people with physical violence, physically assaulting people, investigating people, when they know that there's no criminal wrongdoing and then knowing that you did the same types of things with your family. You know, to me, it's kind of like if you're in your car, you're driving down the road and you're a passenger and the driver is going one or two miles over the speed limit. Now, technically, that's illegal, right? You get cited for that. And then that same person that nitpicks and talks about somebody going one or two miles over the speed limit is the person that drives 100 miles an hour on the highway every day. You would call that person a hypocrite, right? You would say, maybe you need to stop criticizing everybody else and maybe you need to look at yourself in the mirror. That's exactly who James Comer is. Because I guarantee you there's probably more wrongdoing with Comer in his career than what Joe Biden's ever done in his life. Comer and the Republicans continue to attempt to find criminal wrongdoing within the Biden family. And guess what they found? Zero. Nothing. What does that say about the Republican Party today? What does that say about Comer? Here's what I want. I want Democrats to continue to bring this up. I want them to investigate Comer. Find out about this loan that Comer allegedly gave to a member of his family. And every single time Comer wants to bring up Joe Biden, and every single time Comer wants to bring up any alleged criminal wrongdoing that Joe Biden did, which we know he didn't because there's been no evidence to show that, Every time he brings up a loan that Joe Biden gave to his brother when he wasn't even in office, we're going to bring up Comer's alleged loans and payments to members of his family every single time. That's what I want Democrats to do, and that's what we should do as American people. We should be holding everybody accountable, and Comer is a liar, he's a snake, and he's a hypocrite. Welcome to the Republican Party in 2003, ladies and gentlemen. No solutions to any problems facing the American people. Just bickering back and forth, elbowing colleagues in the kidneys, challenging people to have physical altercations during meetings within the House chambers, and investigating people for things that you did. It's a joke, and the entire Republican Party, in my eyes, in 2023 is an absolute embarrassment. 
Open up phone lines if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-7283. And again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-7283. The you-know-what show that is the Republican Party, what took place in Washington, D.C. over the course of the last 24 hours is an absolute embarrassment. Heck, even Laura Ingram went on Fox News yesterday, and even she called it an embarrassment. The Republican Party is an embarrassment. They're a party filled with conspiracy theories. They are a party filled with lies, no solutions to the real problems facing Americans today. And I ask this question because I think it's an important one. What if it was a Democrat? What if a Democrat physically threatened somebody or elbowed somebody in the kidneys? What if, and listen, there are Democrats that don't always get along, right? I don't think there's any question about that. What if Tlaib was doing an interview with CNN or whoever? And one of the Democrats that voted to censor her elbowed her. What would Republicans be saying about that? Well, they'd be the first one to talk about it. Sean Hannity would be leading with it today. Laura Ingram would be leading with it today. It'd be the top story on Newsmax. But if a Republican does it, Sean Hannity defends it in only the pathetic way that he could. And he talks about, compares a a House Senate member during a hearing, challenging somebody to a fight, and he compares that to a hockey game when you're a child, a high school hockey player, dropping the gloves. He makes that comparison. Does that make sense to anybody? I mean, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Fox News, they're an embarrassment. We have people assaulting colleagues, Republican colleagues, assaulting one another during an interview in the media. Are you kidding me? Is this for real? Is this really going on? It's a joke. And like I said, it's an embarrassment. What is going on? What is going on in this country? These are supposed to be lawmakers. These are supposed to be people that are putting things into law and doing things on behalf of the American people, helping the American people. I thought that's why they were elected into office. I guess I was wrong. I was sorely mistaken. In my personal opinion, if you challenge a witness to a fight during a hearing, you should lose your job. And if you disagree with me, imagine if you have an office job or whatever job you have. Imagine you're in the workplace. You're not an elected official. You're not a politician. You challenge somebody to a physical altercation. In most jobs in this country, you would lose your job and you would lose it immediately. You you would lose that job on the fly. You're done. Get out of here. You want to fight, bro? You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. In in most cases, though, you would lose your job. That should definitely pertain to if you're a sitting senator and you're an elected official. It shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I guess it does in this day and age, but it shouldn't. Because if a Democrat threatened a witness with a physical altercation or a fight, like Mark Wayne Mullen did, I would say they deserve to lose their job. Mark Wayne Mullen should not be a senator. He should be outed from office. And what makes the matters even worse 
maybe ha- I would have an ounce of respect for him if he admitted he was wrong. If he apologized to Sean O'Brien and said, listen, I got my, I let my emotions get the best of me. It's unacceptable. I'm sorry. I hope you can accept my apology. I apologize to all my colleagues. That'll never happen again. At least I would say to myself, okay, maybe the guy had a really bad day. Uh, it's inexcusable, but at least he apologized and I'll take him for his word that it won't happen again. But he's not doing that. In fact, what he's doing is 10 times worse. He's doubling down. In the interviews he did with Fox News, particularly Sean Hannity and others, he defended it and he said, we should actually all be doing this. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's kind of what he said. He said, we should all be doing this. Let's go back to centuries of when people had issues with other people, they handled it like men. I'll tell you what, I uh, I don't condone violence in any way, shape or form, but I'll tell you what would have been good for the country. It might have not been very good for Sean O'Brien, but it would have been good for the country. Let Mark Wayne Mullen walk down to the witness and, and let him sucker punch him or put his hands on him. He would have gotten arrested and he would have been outed from office. If Bernie Sanders didn't tell him to sit down, Mark Wayne Mullen probably would not have sat down. But if you look at images and video of Mark Wayne Mullen on January 6th, he wasn't fighting the fight. He was a coward. He ran out of there. He pranced out of there. So he's not the tough guy that he wants you to think he is. He's not. He's the opposite of that. He's a coward. And even in his debate when he was running for senator, because the guy's four feet tall, he had to go on a, they had to raise him up a little bit because the guy's insecure and he's got short man syndrome. I know other people. In fact, I know some broadcasters in Las Vegas that have short man syndrome. In fact, I told somebody to their face like 10 years ago. You guys could uh, imagine who that is. But yes, there is a radio personality in Las Vegas. I use the word personality and I put it in quotations. Um, he does a radio show in this town every day. He's a short guy. He's a big UFC fan, but he's very, very short. Like I'm talking like a foot shorter than me. And I knew that this was a guy that talked a lot of smack about me on social media. And I kind of laughed it off. You know, I, I didn't really care. I thought it was actually quite funny. And I think it's quite funny when people do that, uh, you know, and say things about me on social media, because I'm obviously getting in their heads and uh, I find it quite entertaining. So anyway, I'm at a UNLV basketball game. Gosh, this had to be at least 10 years ago. It was a long time ago. We're in the UNLV media room. Halftime of a game. It was either halftime or before the game. I don't remember. And I'm actually um, talking to a friend about the game. And then this radio host, yes, he's a radio host, calls me some names. He says, you're, you're a clown, you're a fool. And at first I laugh because I think he's actually joking. I don't think he's, and he's got this serious look on his face. And he calls me a bunch of names in the media room, by the way. And I look at him and I, and I say, are you serious? Like, what are you talking about? What's your problem? And then he starts continuing to disparage me. And anybody who knows Shapiro probably knows that you know, I'm certainly going to stand up for myself, right? I'm definitely going to defend myself and I'm going to stand up for myself. So I said some things to him. He said some things to me. I stand up for myself. And then he stands up. And when he stands up, like, you know, he's like up to my chest, right? So he's like right up in my grill. So I look at this man and I say, do you have short man syndrome? And as soon as I say that, he just, he loses it. He gets red in the face. 
I looked at him and I said, go ahead and hit me. And I said, if you hit me, you better hope I stay down because if I get up, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, he backed off as I figured he would. And his reasoning for backing up, he then said to me as he was walking away from me, forget it, you smell. <laughs> Which is what a nine-year-old would say. And that was the end of it. Now, I called this individual a few days later because I'd like to think of myself as the better man. I reached out to him even though he was 100% in the wrong. And I said, dude, we can't be doing this. We're in the media room. We can't be doing this. It's unprofessional. And he sort of agreed, even though I didn't get an apology from him. And that was the last time I talked to him. Now, I see him at events in town all the time. He's looking a little rough these days, I'll be honest. But haven't said one word to him. He hasn't said one word to me. And guess what? That's exactly the way I like it. But that's what some people do in society, right? They'll, they'll talk a lot behind your back, but they won't say it to your face. And I understand that part of it, and that could be frustrating. But it's one thing if you're a member of the media and you're acting like this. It's another thing if you're a sitting senator and, and acting like a member of the media and acting like this is, is beneath you know, your job and what you do. And you have to show a level of professionalism. And I agree with that 150%. But when you're an elected official and you're a sitting senator and this is the way you treat people and, and, and you think it's okay in a meeting to go after someone and challenge them to a fight in the middle of a hearing and then you have Bernie Sanders trying to be the voice of reason saying, you're a sitting senator, what are you doing? It's really uh, embarrassing, I guess is the first word that I could come up with. We live in the United States of America. This should never happen, right? It's an embarrassment. The world is laughing at us. Why is it always Republicans? Have you ever heard of a story of a Democrat in office in D.C. physically assaulting another Democrat? I haven't. Have you? Have you heard of a Democrat in D.C. that challenges somebody to a fight during a hearing? I haven't. Have you? Have you heard of a Democrat investigating somebody that is a Republican when they did the exact same thing? I haven't. Have you? Why is it always Republicans? Why don't we hear Democrats or liberals? Why? Why is that? Because today the Republican Party is a party based on conspiracy theories, the alt-right, the MAGAs out there, the MAGA Republicans out there. It doesn't seem to happen when it's Democrats. Why is it Republicans? And not only will you not hear Fox News, for the most part, or Newsmax calling out this bad behavior, for the most part, but some of them will defend it. Sean Hannity's defending this behavior by Mark Wayne Mullen. He's defending it. You want to go back to decades and decades and decades and decades and Andrew Jackson. You want to go back to the days where when people, the way people handled things as they physically assaulted one another. Are those the days we want to go back to? Mark Wayne Mullen wants to go back to those days. Some people on Fox News didn't challenge him on that. They seem to have no problem with it. Is, uh, is that how we're going to handle things today in 2023, physically assault one another? Is that how it's done? 
You tell me. It's despicable. It's the MAGA Donald Trump cult. That's what we're talking about here today. This is the Donald Trump cult. Attack people personally. Threaten people. That's not something that I really saw before Donald Trump took office. But we see it all the time now, even though he's not in office. Every single time James Comer brings up the Biden investigation as Democrats, as anybody. Let's bring up that loan that he gave to his brother every single time. These are weird times we're living in, ladies and gentlemen. Very strange times we're living in today. And I think it's going to get worse over the course of the next year. These Republicans in office today, they're not they're they're so frustrated and they're so divided and they have no sense of any type of moral compass. We're going to see more of these situations take place in the weeks, months and in this next year before the 2024 elections and maybe after the 2024 elections as well. Things aren't going to get any better. I think they're only going to get worse unless we continue to call it out and unless we continue to fight against these despicable human beings that are that are sitting senators, congressmen, congressmen, whatever the case may be. This stuff has to stop. It's an embarrassment to the country, and it absolutely and positively has to stop. All right, folks, here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, speaking of what needs to stop, maybe all the construction and the traffic uh, around the strip for the F1. Uh, but Ron Futrell from Channel 8 is going to be joining us next, and he's covering that. So we're going to talk a little bit about the traffic. We're going to talk some Raiders football. We're going to talk some UNLV football as well, uh, an epic year they're having, maybe a little UNLV hoops. And, of course, I'll be bitching and moaning about the F1, about the traffic and everything that's going on there, and we'll get Ron's take on that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making us a part of your day. We appreciate it. So there's a lot going on in Las Vegas on any given day, but there certainly is a lot going on in Vegas this week. Of course, on everybody's mind, whether you like it or not, I'm one of those people that does not like it, but it's the F1. Not a race car fan, but we'll get into that. Dive into some Raiders football, some UNLV football, some UNLV basketball. Man, there's a lot to talk about. And I figured what better person to do that and catch up on a little bit of everything than the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ron Futrell from Channel 8 Sports. Ron, always good to see you, my friend. How are you? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, glad glad to be here once again. And last night we were texting. I got to get this out right off the bat. Um, Yep. We are texting. I was leaving the Hard Rock where there was an event with a couple of F1 drivers uh, from McLaren, Lando Norris and uh, and Oscar Pia- Pia- Piastri. Great rookie driver. Anyway, um, <laughs> they, they were at the shag room mixing drinks uh, for, for Jack Daniels because they're a new sponsor on the car. So so there you have it. About 50 the of us. shag so, room. I love that. In the shag room. <laughs> no. <laughs> I played guitar in that room before. Have you really? Yeah, me and a guy named Sean Eiferman. I don't know if oh, you guys cool. know, know Sean. Uh, but it's a fun, fun little place. Anyway, 
as I'm leaving the place, because I rushed right in to get there, and then I'm leaving, and I'm looking around me. First of all, the parking lot was empty. There were 12 cars in the parking lot. Nobody on level two, 12 cars on level three, and I'm going, what's wrong? Okay, go into the, the event, come out. It's empty. The Virgin. Now it's the Virgin. Used to be the Hard Rock. And I, I've never seen it. Last time I was there probably was with you yeah. when we were watching 27. Yep. Okay? And it was filled. I remember. It, yep. was, it was okay. I know this was a That's a that there's not a lot of not a lot of pe- action on the casino floor at the Virgin Hotel lately. This, is that right? Yeah. Uh, no, see I w- I was shocked. Now I know that was a weekend and this was a Wednesday. Yeah. What's today? Wednesday. Wednesday. So it was a Tuesday night. Yeah. Um but I'm serious there were only workers putting up a Ferrari stand and those there to see the two McLaren drivers. That's all that was there in the place and I'm going I'm shaking my what what's happened? Is it is it the place that changed from Hard Rock to Virgin? Are you, help me out here. I think, well, yeah, let me start from square one and say that, listen, back in the day, maybe even 15 years ago, the Hard Rock was the place to be. It was oh, the young, absolutely. hip place to be, the best shows, great atmosphere, a lot of fun. I think over time, the and you can tell me if you disagree, the property has been very mi- much mismanaged. I thought the beginning of the end was when they added rooms in the hotel. I thought that was a mistake. And... I think over time, again, it's been complete mismanagement. Now, it's an interesting venue because, you know, listen, you're about a mile, half a mile off the strip. So you're not exactly on the strip, but you're, you know, you're within walking distance of the strip. And I think the property, uh, people who have taken over the properties over the years and mismanaged it and filed for bankruptcy, they just didn't know how to run a casino. The Hard Rock was never really known as the casino that gets heavy action. They were never known for getting the sharks to go out there and gamble. It was always known as the young, hip place to hang out. Over time, they've also lost clientele because of better, younger, hipper casinos. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say Cosmo has always been the new Hard Rock. No, it's but they started it. Uh, by, by the way, uh, the Hard Rock did start it. I'm going to go back they did, to I mid, agree. mid-90s. I agree. They did. Mid-90s when they opened up, and it was the Eagles and Sheryl Crow, and oh, the wow. argument... <laughs> I, I was there. I have a great wow. story about how I got... Anyway, um, <laughs> snuck into that show, because there were no local... Everybody was Hollywood producers and everything. Um, and they... And don't really snuck in. I, I was let in by a security guard, but it sounds better if I say I snuck in. Um and it changed the landscape because that was the first casino that brought in rock music because the argument before them was only blue-haired old lady music was allowed in Las Vegas. And this is mid-90s, so it wasn't like the exit 30 years ago. Right. But rock stars, rock music didn't come here except for the Grateful Dead would do a show out at Sam Boyd Stadium filled with smoke um, all over the place, uh, fun shows out there at that time. But uh, but it changed the landscape yeah. so that Cosmo could come on years later. Right. But it sort of lost it. I imagine it's going to be – it'll be busy this weekend with F1 right around the corner. It's going to be a hot spot yes, for I mean, they're gonna, they're Listen, they're going to have their pockets and weekends when they're going to be busy, but it's not like it once was. And I'm telling you, some of these younger, hipper casinos have taken the clientele away from uh, Hard Rock, which is now Virgin. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those I, – I, I go there maybe once a year. I'm never there anymore. They used to have the AVN Awards there. They would have, they still have some good shows here now and then, but it's not like it once was. I, I think rehab was a big draw there and that's gone way downhill. I, I just think that it's, like I said before, it's been mismanaged and it's no longer any, uh, you know, considered one of the hipper casinos at all. It was just strange. I thought COVID had come back again. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I looked around it's, and I'm going like, where, like no casino tables open it's empty like there. nobody there and i'm going oh okay so anyway sorry i diverted that's from the okay. no, from the okay. other topics that's okay. I, I do have some breaking news for you if you want sure tomorrow 
around 11 a.m., Major League Baseball will announce that the A's are moving to Las Vegas, that the owners will have voted in favor of the A's moving to Vegas. I don't know what the vote's going to be, but they're going to vote in favor by 11 a.m. tomorrow. Let me give you my opinions on that, and you tell me what you think. Um, I agree with Bryce Harper. First of all, the A's are a terrible team, but I can deal with that. What I can't deal with is the fact that they're not willing to spend money. If you're going to come here to Las Vegas, you got to spend money on a good baseball team. They don't spend money. And the guy that used to be in charge of that, or at least the guy that was making those decisions in Billy Bean has now taken a side role and is just an advisor. The team has gone downhill. They're terrible. They're like a triple A team. I, I, you know, they're, they're really bad. But listen, I get the argument that, hey, teams will improve, they get better. That's not going to happen, and they shouldn't be coming out here unless they're willing to spend money. That's my problem with them coming out here, Ron. They've said they're going to. <laughs> Do you believe For what them? that's worth, do I believe them? I don't know what to believe. I'm just telling you that they've said they would. I get why they're not spending money there, because they have the worst stadium in baseball. Tampa Bay's might be there, but they got plans to change the Tampa Bay. They had... What is significant to this is that the Players Association and the owners agreed three or four years ago that they would no longer get revenue sharing by January 2024 if they did not have an answer for a stadium somewhere, in Oakland or somewhere, that they would cut off the revenue sharing. In other words, they told John Fisher, you've got to work out a deal with Oakland or somewhere to get a stadium. Well, it was impossible, I'm going to say, because of the idiot politicians in the Bay Area that have ruined the East Bay, maybe the West, maybe San Francisco as well. You can make that argument, but have ruined that city. They got bigger. Pro- they have bigger problems than baseball in Oakland. Their school district has gone bankrupt twice. There's seven hundred million dollars in debt. They just gave their mayor a raise for nothing. Um, so, so anyway, the idiot politicians are making. They call themselves progressives, but they're the regressive in the way they have run that city. And now they're running off a third team when you when you count. The Golden State Warriors went to the um, San Francisco. The Raiders went here. They tried for 20 years to get a stadium. They tried with all sets of politicians in the East Bay to get up, and they could never come up with a deal. Okay, blame John Fisher if you want. But now you're in the situation where you're John Fisher. You don't have a ballpark that attracts fans. Fans aren't coming. Now the team is bad. You can go, you, you know, put your, I'm putting my finger, hands in the air going away either, either thing, but it is. You know, one or the other. It's it's both both is happening simultaneously. That it's an unworkable situation. Along comes Vegas and says, "Here we are. Um, come build a stadium here. Put in a billion bucks, and which he's going to do to build something at the Tropicana Hotel site and bring Major League Baseball. Would an expansion team be best? I yes. Okay, who's got five billion dollars? And I, it, that's what it would take. Five billion dollars to over two billion. To get an expansion rights, that's what they say is going to it's going to cost another two billion to build a stadium, and then ancillary okay, can, costs. Can I talk about find that? somebody that's tell me somebody that's got five billion dollars. No, listen, F- I Fisher's get it. willing to put a billion dollars into Vegas. Thank you. Understood. Bring your team. Do you here. think it's a mistake though to build the stadium on the Strip? Because I think it is in this aspect. You are, there is so much land in Las Vegas near the M, anywhere in that area. There's the near the Speedway. I feel like it's a mistake. Building that stadium again, right in the middle of the strip where we have so much construction already. I have a problem with that. It's the great thing about T-Mobile is that it was kind of behind everything. It wasn't as big of an issue. 
And when you look at Allegiant Stadium, it was off the strip on the other side of the 15, not as big of an issue. You look at the construction we've just had on Tropicana alone in the last six months, and it's caused a lot of headaches. I think you're making locals suffer. Uh, I don't want a stadium on the strip. There's already a lot of traffic there to begin with, and locals try to avoid it. Why couldn't they have built it somewhere else? That's the part I just don't understand. Because the, the, <laughs> because the powers that be in the casino industry want it there. Okay. MGM wants it there. MGM wanted Allegiant. Where Allegiant, I wanted Allegiant to be somewhere else besides where it was. Yeah. Under your same argument, take it south near the interchange of the 215 and I-15. Mm-hmm. Lots of land there. Right. Put it there. Right. Put a lot, of, a lot of parking there. It still worked out pretty well. Okay, it has, I'll, I'll admit, a little bit of being wrong in that sense, and that I, I thought that was a horrible, horrible, there were better places for it. Mm-hmm. There's prob- you're probably right. There's better places for it. You talk about yeah. traffic, that, that's what they're doing right now is fixing Tropicana so that by the time 2028 the ballpark is here on that site, It'll be it'll be an interchange that will easily uh, that'll be easy to access and get in and out of much easier than it is now. Well, because of construction or that it was even prior, so they're fixing that. That'll be fixed by the time. I, the I team, hope so. Well, it will be. I mean, it will be. Yeah. I know that. I, I know what the you know what's happening now. Well, I'm with, still not buying it though building. because it's one of the most uh, busiest intersections on the planet. And now you're adding, you know, what, uh, what could be what, 40, 50,000 fans, uh, more in that vicinity. I just think it's a big mistake. Yeah. Um, it'll, we need busy. We, we are not Des Moines. Yeah. We do busy. No, Ve- I understand. Vegas that. does congestion. Listen, I'm not Vegas one of those people. Traffic. I'm not one of those people that, you know, complains, you know, when, when T-Mobile was being built, I didn't complain about that. The Knights coming here. I, I love that. I'm not one of those people that complained about Allegiant Stadium. Oh my God, the traffic. I said, you guys are crazy. Everything's going to be okay. This is the first time in 20 years that I've actually started to complain. Uh, I've complained about F1 and I want to get into that with you. Uh, they've made a lot of mistakes. First of all, the construction has just been a, a joke. We're not even talking about the Las Vegas Strip. Off the Strip, just trying to get five minutes takes an hour. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. That's number one. It was not planned out very well. Number two, these people at the F1, I think, are complete idiots, some of them anyway. And the reason why I say that is, first of all, they were overcharging for tickets. They realized they screwed up big time. And now that that plummeted, the hotel Good. rooms... The hotel rooms Maybe were people through the could roof. afford it now. Yeah, good. I mean, I mean that that's that's absurd. And then that's you had, a good thing. No, it's not absurd. It's well, a good well, thing. Well, the CEO apologized, but I, I could care less about his apologies. They, over, they overshot. They overshot their mark. Yeah, they I, know I don't it. think they really knew what they were doing. They didn't credential certain members of the media that certainly should have been credentialed, and then they admitted they were wrong, and then they credentialed those people. Well, then they took care. I no, I don't. So Alan got his credential. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I I just I just bless think, him. I just think that <laughs> he um, got his credential. Okay, life is good. The All is good. Average sports fan. <laughs> doesn't watch F1. They just don't. The, the average, in this, oh, in this country? And the average sports um, fan couldn't name you two drivers. I, I just named you. Yeah, but, but, but no, I, I won't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I First of all, this is a worldwide event. I understand. Try to look beyond your bounds a little bit, Brian. <laughs> you got Do drivers that are on the record as saying they, they, they don't even want to. They just want to get here and get the hell out. That you is got one dri- thing. He didn't, yeah, he didn't, yeah, just get, <laughs> have the race and get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he said hell. They're not okay. really embracing was, Las Vegas. There was a driver called Max yes. Verstappen who yes. was the driver. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right they're not really, so, I don't know. I don't think they're all in, in, embracing yeah, being here. I don't know what the context was of that. It was just a short quote. Yeah. I'd be interested. I'm looking forward to asking him at that point because I'm going to be there at the paddock. <laughs> Listen, we know in Vegas, 
when to stay away from the strip. We know if we don't have business on New Year's, stay the hell away from the strip yes. and don't go down there because we're going to have a ton of congestion. I remember when there was no, I remember when we didn't have that New Year's Eve party. I remember when we used to in the city in the mid eighties when we shot fireworks off downtown Las Vegas at 9 PM on New Year's Eve for the East Coast audience. Cause apparently they weren't smart enough to know. They, maybe East Coast, they couldn't do the timing. Maybe I don't know East, I don't know East Coast people. You know East Coast people, but I'm a West Coast guy. Yes. So maybe they didn't know that it was actually three hours earlier, but they, <laughs> we would do that for them. Not for us. We do it for them. And there was no noise and congestion on the strip. Now we have New Year's Eve. We've done it now for 20 years. Um, I don't know how we could do without that New Year's Eve. They've all got it in their budgets for the money and the tremendous thing brings 300,000 people to Vegas. Oh, it's noise traffic. It's congestion. We ain't Des Moines, Iowa. We are Las Vegas. We do that. We know when is this to safe. Oh, is this going to be safe? I mean, I know there's safe. A- okay. What, what do you mean? Safe uh, for- if there's a crash, I know. Oh. Is this going to be safe? Oh, for the drivers? For everybody, for the spectators. Oh, right? no, it may not be. People have died. Drivers have died. Ayrton Senna, let's go down the list. Spectators have died. I'm not talking about the tra- drivers. I know okay, that spectator- it's a very dangerous sport, but yeah, what yeah, about oh, the no. spectators? It's- you got cars that are going uh, upwards of, what, 220, 240 miles no, an hour. No, they'll go 212. 212. On the strip. Um, oh, no. It's, it's be spectators. I within- thought about that. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's dangerous, I, isn't you it? You can't guarantee. I don't know. Yes. You can't guarantee anything. People that go to an F1 race. Um, I was at a NASCAR race one time when a part, when there was a collision on the track and a part came off the car. I believe it was a spark plug that flew 40 rows up and hit a lady sitting 10 seats away from me, you know, and, and did some damage. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, what the hell? You know, I'm going, you're shaking my head going, okay, yeah. we're at it. It's dangerous. It yeah. came up like a bullet. Um, so yeah, yes, it, it could be, it could be, there could be crashes. There could be. A, what do you make of the overpasses where they're, they're putting up these, uh, what would you call them? Uh, these, these, uh, I don't even know what, what word I would use, but on the overpasses, so people don't stop and watch. Oh, so the they'll race. stop and look down. Yeah. What do you make of that? Is that petty? It might be dangerous to be up there. If you're under yeah. your, under your theory. Yeah. Well, I threat. agree. It could be dangerous to be up there. Is it petty? Um, I don't know. Maybe they, they don't want a lot of people. Yeah. They don't want people up there that don't pay to stand up there and watch the race. It, and it's also going to, would be a hard thing for Metro to manage security up there if you've got a ton of people crowding imagine fights breaking out imagine people for position to try to get position to be able to watch the cars race underneath them so it might be this might be metro doing this for security concerns possibly i i, I don't know exactly uh but um yeah oh yeah have they done something clearly if this is um has been a mess in the sense that this is not an easy thing to do formula one does only three Street courses a year. Monte Carlo, which they've done for 50 years. Um, um, they do Shanghai somewhere. Um, Hong Kong. They do that. And this race. is a 10 year deal, right? And this is a 10 year deal. Uh, so by the way, as bad, as bad as it is now, and I'm going to say a lot of, I'll say this, a lot of people complaining about it live in Henderson and Summerlin or the Southwest and don't even, right, <laughs> don't, right. haven't been to the strip in yeah, yeah. two years, but they're sitting there. That's horrible, this traffic. Okay. You know, go to your Trader Joe's at Summerlin and have a good time. Yeah. Um, people that, people that live in Vegas know when to avoid the strip. And for the last two, three months, avoid yeah. the strip. Yeah. We, that message was sent out. Stay away because they had to do, they had to do paving. Paving's done once every, Six to ten years, yeah. so it's not gonna it's not gonna be as bad any year in the future. And listen, then when they I do come, the paving, it's going to be piecemeal. They'll be able to right. do it. Um, 
So this is as bad as it's going to get. They'll get better at it. Vegas will get better at it. I'm sure. This is the biggest event, and I didn't say sporting event. I'm saying event, period, that Vegas could ever hope to have. The worldwide audience Super Bowl's that watches Formula One times the Super Bowl. Really? You think? Ten, worldwide? Worldwide. Ten times the you Super Bowl. You think there's going to be more people watching this race than the Super Bowl? Yes. Oh, Brian, not even close. Really? Formula One. You have to know what Formula One's reach is. Yeah. And the reason they're doing it late at night... Okay, well, they want the lights of Vegas, okay? Well, we want the lights of Vegas. Uh, and you might hear it all over the valley. It's, and, and, it's and there's going to be... Okay, so explain to me um, the schedule. What's going on tonight? Oh, t- tonight, 7.30 yeah. is go- on ESPN is going to be the opening ceremonies. Some of the bands that will be... Journey is going to be there. Steve Aoki is going to be there performing. Uh, and where is that held? That's held right at the paddock area, which is at the corner of Koval and Harmon, just east of the Strip. Okay. Um, uh, um, a few country stars and other people that are going to be there. Um, that starts at seven thirty. So that's a big concert, opening ceremonies, fireworks, uh, all sorts of craziness for that. Drivers are going to be introduced. Uh, are there going to be any practice racing tonight? No. Okay. No, there may be some cars doing test runs on the track at some point tonight. Uh, they're going to be closing it off, so they're it'll be open for that. Practice doesn't begin until 8.30 Thursday. So tomorrow is going to be the first practice session. And then another one begins at midnight. Uh, and then same thing Friday, 8.30 and then midnight. And then Are the fans race. fans allowed to watch the practice racing for free? No. Oh, no, no, no. no. You ain't getting nothing. Nothing's free. free. You are getting nothing for free. What could stop me this. from going on one of those bridges and just watching? Oh, okay, give it a shot. I mean, there'll be people. Listen, you, you, I, I like I like your role. I like your style. I like, I love, you know. Can I just be honest? I wouldn't pay $1 to watch this. Okay. No, I get that. I'm um, not a race card person. But part of the reason F1, for whatever it is. part of the reason for the timing on this is to have it in prime time Sunday. When I say prime time, it's going to be in the morning to the evening. What is the big difference the between Coast F1 audience. and NASCAR? Like what? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I like I don't even pay attention. Uh, F1 and NASCAR. I mean, um, I, listen. I'm being facetious. Yeah, I know what yeah. the differences are. Obviously, with the race cars, the speeds, the tracks. I understand the technology. Them. Yeah, no, nothing beats the technology of Formula One. Um, I love I love NASCAR. I'm I'm a, I'm a West Coast guy, so I'm a race guy. I love drag racing. I grew up in Southern California, which is the home Man, of drag like, racing. I didn't think you liked anything that involved drag. Drags that's oh. the one thing I like <laughs> involved drag. And Frank Marino's a fun guy. I like Frank. <laughs> I like Frank. No, too, that yeah. used to be it used to be divas, fun. Divas. I've seen the show. That yeah. used to be now it's taken on a whole different meaning. This well, been that's just, that's that's their distorted. That's, that's people's fault um, for taking on the yeah, different yeah, meaning. Yes, but no, I okay. mean, listen. Okay, so going back to F1. Mm. So with NASCAR, Technology. you're going around in a circle yeah. okay uh, with f1 obviously you got these very comprehensive tracks uh, uh like like what we have here in las vegas how many how long is this tr- race would, yeah how long is it the track here is 3.8 yeah. miles okay so that's pretty long it's so it's longest. not just the strip it's not no no well it's Explain the other side to of the me. Strip. yeah so so it starts start finish line is Harmon and koval okay goes around the sphere Comes up Spring Mountain, so it's going west on Spring Mountain. Are Actually, there Sphere concerts this weekend, too? <laughs> then God. right at Treasure Island, it turns left and goes down the strip. So what casinos have the best view? Treasure, I think Treasure Island's going to be real nice because you get the cars coming uh, at a slow speed, coming up. It's Sands at that point, but it's Spring Mountain. That that street actually has three names: Twain, Sands. Does it and go Spring anywhere Mountain. near like the Sahara, or does it go that far? No, it doesn't go. No, no, okay. it goes. I, I'm telling you, it's, okay. it goes just um, you know. Um, and then uh, the longest straightaway in Formula One, one point one miles, is in front of which will take them about ten seconds, five seconds. <laughs> it won't take long. Yeah, um, it, it'll it'll be remarkable to see. Here's what I also them going don't at like, that though, speed. Then they turn left on Harmon right yeah. after the Cosmo. 
turn left. You know the Cosmo sure, before sure. I mentioned? Yep, yep. <laughs> left on Harmon, and they're going back down to Harmon and Koval where the race center is. So there's 17 what they call turns okay. in the race. And it is, uh, yeah, my, my point is, and here, here's perhaps the biggest difference with between, between that, love NASCAR, love what it's done for the city, billions of dollars over the, over the years that have been brought here and what they've done out there with the speedway with now 20, more than 20 years of racing out there has been remarkable. Two races a year, love what they've done, short track and big track. What, what Formula One does is, first of all, it is worldwide. It is the most watched sport worldwide other than World Cup soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, which says a lot. And it also brings in, here's a good example. Folks that come in here for NASCAR, the guys that own Chevy dealers and Ford dealerships in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Charlotte, North Carolina, love them. Great. Thank you for coming here. Um, the people that will be coming here this weekend are the guys that own the Land Rover dealerships in London and the Ferrari dealerships in Italy and, you know, go to Mercedes dealerships in Berlin. These are the people that are going to be coming here, spending money in Las Vegas and having this event here every year, yeah. every year to have this event here. It will get better with time. I get the concerns. I get the problems. I, I like motorsports. Can so I that's ask you another bias. question though? Another, but, I don't know if it's a concern, but, uh, uh, you know, taking down some of these trees in front of the Bellagio. Oh, I'm so, I'm so, uh, it hurt me so hard. I know, I know I'm, you're being, I, started, I know I you're being facetious. But, I cried for but four, ta- four days. I know you're being sarcastic, Brian. but, but, but there are some people that say, man, that, that's a part of the strip. You know, it's history. It's part of the strip. Like, why are you taking that <laughs> stuff not, down? They're not inherent to the strip. <laughs> you realize <laughs> that they're replacing the trees. They are replanting the trees. I, I know. The but Eiffel still. Tower is not part of the strip. I know that. I know that. <laughs> New York, New York yeah. is not part of the strip. It's in part New of York. my negativity. The Eiffel Tower is in Paris. I'm not a race car fan. Yeah. You know, I'm going oh, those, those to be going to the college basketball tournament this weekend. I'm not a race car fan. I never have been. I never will be. Yeah. No, no, no that's, Sorry. that's fine. I mean, that's fine. You know, I've gone to the, to, listen, but just appreciate, like you, I, appreciate what this is worldwide. Um, and if you can for a moment and see what this is and where it puts listen, Vegas. I understand um, that it is great for the economy. It, I understand that there's a lot of money coming in, a lot of tourism. I get all that. In, That's what we and do. And I also understand that the idea of having this race on the strip, it brings in a lot of viewers and it's exciting. I get all that stuff. But with that being said, uh, from my perspective, I think it would have been a lot better if, if they made this track somewhere else. Well, they didn't want it somewhere else. I know that. For they, obvious reasons. I know that. They wanted um, it on the strip. They like, wanted it on the strip I for obvious reasons. I understand. Uh, but Texas, Texas uh, and Austin, they have a what's it called a closed course, a road course there. Uh, that is that is just used for racing. So it's no inconvenience. You can go to the race, enjoy it, watch it, and drive back. They wanted it on the most ex- expensive, beautiful, gorgeous, remarkable street in Las Vegas. I think it changes our city forever in a good way in the sense that people aren't going to look at the strip the same way after seeing cars rip down there at 212 miles an hour and seeing what it does and people around the world seeing it, that it changes the city forever in a good way. Now, the people that do oppose some of the old timers here, and I can appreciate, I can. I say, guess I'm an old timer. Well, I am too. <laughs> that that oppose oppose it. A lot of them say, "I want my city back the way it was. I want the city." Okay, well, I'm, that's never going to happen. I've been here forty yeah. years. Um, 
I loved the city back then too. I loved being able to yeah, me too. take care of the Mater 20 D. years ago. 20 bucks to the Mater D and you're getting in the show and you get comps for everything around town and everybody's giving you freebies and they say, Hey Ron, what's up? What do you want? Here right. you go. You want to go see a show? Want to go? Um, and that was open to a lot of people. They don't do I, that for you anymore. The mob, well, some places <laughs> still do. Um, the mob, love the, love the mob here. I got here at the time when the mob was just still here in Las Vegas, but 1984, but they were getting cut up and put in Indiana cornfields about that time too. I think 86 is when they found Tony Spilaccio. Anyway, um, but I, I, lo- I, lo- I loved what the city was and I loved that endearing part of the city. But tell, tell me you want the old castaways back instead of the Mirage. Tell me you want, um, the Hacienda instead of Mandalay Bay. Tell me you want the Stardust instead of Resorts World. Tell me you would like to have, um, though, oh, the Marina instead of MGM Grand. You know, so, you know, we're not going back to that time. We blew those, those up. And sadly, we I want blew, the Stardust back. Uh, the Stardust was fun. Yeah. The Frontier is nothing's there at Frontier. Right. The Desert Inn Golf Course was fun. Listen, you've been on. here twice as long as me. I've been here about 20 years. And even when I got here 20 years ago, the city's changed a lot in 20 years. And, oh, <laughs> yes. And um, I, I like Fremont Street. I like what they've done with Fremont Street. Um, you know, the end of the movie Casino, I think it, it rings true to today, where Robert De Niro and his voiceover is basically saying, you know, back in the day, you could go to one of these casinos and they always knew what drink you, you liked yeah. and you'd show up there. And and now it's all run by big companies and, and it's, it's a tourist trap. And that's what the strip is. It's a tourist and that, trap. That changed in 89 with the Mirage, when Steve Wynn built the Mirage. And there used to be a little hotel there called the Castaways. I know there was also Castaways on Boulder Highway, but not that Castaways. The Castaways, that Sonny Reisner was a sports book guy. He invented, he invented sports book, he, he invented prop bets for the Super Bowl. He was the first to do that. Wow. So Sonny Reisner had this little shack of a casino there. Uh, rest in peace, Sonny. And uh, they put the Mirage in. And when Steve Wynn built the Mirage, yeah, it changed the landscape of Las Vegas forever. And then in the mid-90s, we started blowing pace places up, blew up the dunes to put in Bellagio. Right. You know, and, and it, it's just gone nonstop ever since. Yes, there's been some pro- – yeah, there, there's the old endearing – they, yes, they could all know what drink you drink. They all know who you are. They know your name. That was fun back in the day. Uh, that ain't that ain't coming back. Um, you know, it has evolved into this for good or bad or whatever. Part part of that is noise and traffic on the strip. Because if we don't have that, I keep picking on Des Moines. Let me pick another city. Um, Omaha. We become Omaha. Well, thank you. Omaha's a good one. Yeah, we become Omaha, Nebraska. Bless them. Great city. Well, uh, but we become Omaha, Nebraska. They don't have noise and well, traffic listen, going down their main listen, street, listen, whatever it is. Let me close by saying this, and then I want to take a break, and I want to talk about some, some positives here, especially I want to talk to you and I'll be football with you. Oh, okay. Let me close by saying this. I hope everybody has a great time. I'm sure it'll be fun for you to cover. I uh, was asked if I wanted to. I got an email about filling out the credential, and you know me. I go to just about every event here in town. Yes. I enjoy it. I look forward to it. I did not fill out a credential because I knew I wouldn't have a good time. Uh, I covered NASCAR a few times with media passes. I did not have a good time. I didn't like it. It was loud. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I tend not to cover things that I don't enjoy. So I decided I'm going to stay away. I'm going to stay away from the strip the entire weekend. And I've already made plans to do other things like in Summerlin and, and, and away from the strip. I hope everybody has a great time. I'm not going to be sitting here and complaining 24-7. I just gave you in this segment some of the things I don't like. At the same time, I hope everybody has fun. I hope everybody makes money and and have a good time. I hope everybody is safe. I hope there's not 
uh, a catastrophic event. Um, I hope everybody's safe. And um, so be it. What I love about this city in closing is, and I think you'll agree with me, we have a lot of options here. Yes, we don't have the beach, but I am all for giving people tons of options, do things that you enjoy. Hey, there was nobody at the golf tournament at Shriners. I enjoy watching the PGA Tour. So I went out and I watched the golf. Now, it didn't cause headaches and construction and, you know, there were really no negatives raising money for charity. But the point I'm making is if you like it, go. If you don't like it, don't go. And I would never say, I don't want you here. You guys suck. Go away. Listen, I have my complaints with the construction and stuff, but it's great for the city and I understand that. And I'm not one of these angry people all day that's saying, get the hell out of my city. I want to be clear on that. I'm not one of those people. Right. No. no, no yeah. it, 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 Does that make sense what I just no, said? No, absolutely okay. makes sense. I'll draw this comparison. Yes. I ain't a, this will shock you. Okay. Every, sit down. Everybody sit down. <laughs> I ain't a Swifty. You did? I am not a Swifty. <laughs> I'm not in her demographic, and I, I couldn't sing one of her songs. I, my wife knows Tell a couple us, Why of, are you not a Swifty? I am not a Swifty. Why? I don't like her music. Why? Um, Do you not like her politics? No, I, I oh, don't okay. even know what her politics oh, okay, are. Okay, okay. I, I don't, no, I don't like her music. What do you not like about okay. her? Forget about no, her music. No, for I'm a not a Swifty. Okay, that but, means, but hold on. Can I ask but, you? So, Can I ask you? Let me but, ask you. But this. her her concert here at Allegiant Stadium caused traffic, caused on the strip. I knew to avoid Allegiant Stadium that day okay. because get during that saying. concert you're time. Saying. You know so what I like I about her? I didn't stay away from it. I'm not going to go. You know, you know what I like about her is that. But I'm happy she came here she and seems made a lot of money for our city. Yeah, she did. She seems to me to be a very intelligent person. A caring person. She does a lot of stuff for charity. She stays out of trouble, oh. which you can't say a lot of celebrities are incapable of staying out of trouble. She's a good role model. Um, you know, so I, I, I listen, I don't, I'm not into her music. Okay. I wouldn't pay to see her yeah. show. You know what's interesting oh, about those her? Those parts about her, you're right. I like all those yeah. things about her. She's a her. nice person. And, you, know so what I, I, you know what's interesting? Negative her friends, she her. makes her friends, even Travis Kelsey, pay for tickets to see her show. <laughs> you know why I like that? Because sort of, she's yeah. because it's like to your fans. Listen, I appreciate you paying for my tickets. I'm not going to give freebies to my friends either, celebrity friends. They have to pay for tickets. I didn't I know that. I love that about her. I love that about her. Um, again, not into her music, but I think she's a nice person, and I agree with what she said about the traffic. Stay away. That's all. All right, Ron. Here's what we want to do. We're okay. gonna. We're, uh, you're not going to stay away. You're back for one more. Second. I'm here. I want to. I'm excited about UNLV football, and I know you are as well. You and Chris do a great job covering the Rebels, and we'll get into some basketball too. But this is really exciting because now the Rebels, or at least the UNLV football team, has an opportunity to create their own destiny. They already have, and they can win the conference. I can't believe I'm saying that. What? Uh, well, yeah, I know it's crazy. Ron Futrell, Channel 8 Sports. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent. 
on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady. requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Welcome to Hash House A Go-Go, where we've been serving farm food and crafted cocktails for over two decades. Visit us for the full Hash House experience at any of our five Las Vegas locations. Hash House A Go-Go is where old school meets new and gets twisted. We bring people together over good food and fun. Come in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and come hungry because our portions are huge. Visit us online to see our entire menu at hashhouseagogo.com. Hash House A Go-Go. It's a Midwest thing, and there's nothing else like it. Welcome to Hash House of Go. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady from Mooch's Munchies. Our dogs had super sensitive tummies, and I needed to find a low-fat treat that wouldn't give them gas or other issues. Most of the treats on the market were loaded with fillers, chemicals, and chicken fat. Many of them weren't even food. Well, I knew I could do better, so I developed Mooch's Munchies, and I'm happy to be able to share them with you. Stop by our store or our website, moochesmunchies.com, and find out why we say that Mooch's Munchies are totally possum. Zenworld Premium CBD offers full and broad-spectrum CBD oil, extracts, and capsules, which are designed to help you feel your best. Their products are sourced from the best organic hemp and natural ingredients on the market and are tested for quality, purity, and potency. They have a full range of items from health and wellness to beauty to pets. Call 725-205-9223. Visit online at zenworld.com or stop by their location at 9895 South Maryland Parkway and Silverado Ranch Parkway. Mention KSHP for 10% off in-store or use code KSHP online for 15% off. Locally owned and operated, come on down to Academy of Hair Design located at 5191 West Charleston Boulevard, number 150 today to begin your career in cosmetology. There is something for everyone from cosmetology to nail technology. You will be able to have the hands-on training that is needed to succeed in this career field. Call 702-878-1185 or visit www.ahdvegas.com today. All right, welcome back. It is uh, Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. We got Ron Futrell from Channel 8 in the house playing a little Led Zeppelin. 
Hold on, coming love. back. I just, just pulled up on my phone. I didn't realize 55 years ago today that uh, Jimmy Page signed with Atlantic Records. Really? Uh, Atlantic Records. And then there's a picture I found online with Peter Grant, who was a badass um, manager for them, who used to just kick people. He, he would physically beat people up. You know, I haven't seen um, a really good concert in a while. And I no, go to a lot of concerts. Uh, but hopefully, uh, I got to check out you too. I got to see that show at the Sphere. I've seen him a few times. I yeah. haven't seen him at the Sphere. I'm going to see that at some point. I'm a little claustrophobic, he, though, so I don't know how I'll feel about you'll that. You'll be fine. Okay. The, pictures, so. the picture shows him with Peter Grant uh, and yeah. Jimmy Page and Amit Artigan, who was the head of Atlantic Records at the time, and signed him for $200,000, which was an unheard of amount back then. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't put out an album that was for their first album, Led Zeppelin. Look at that, a little Led Zeppelin so, history from so Ron Futrell. Oh, I can give you, I saw I like them, it, man. I, I like saw it. Them in, in seven 75 at the forum. 75. I wasn't uh, I wasn't born yet. I Ron. was 17. You're old. Was, You're old. I'm old and You're so, older so than me. Glad. I thought I was old. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, he's Ron Futrell from Channel 8 Sports. It's nice when he comes in the studio where I can take a break because my head's going to explode from talking about just the political news over just the course of the last 24 we hours. We didn't even talk politics. It's crazy. Even off, even off camera, we have. Uh, Ron, if I say something mean about you on social media, are you going to challenge me to a fight? Because that's what happened in the House chambers yesterday. <laughs> It's a little crazy. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening. I got Kevin McCarthy elbowing people in the kidney. Yeah, he people, says he didn't. People but. challenging people to fight. Uh, James Comer losing his mind. I, just too much stuff going on right now. It's crazy. So I'm glad I get to talk sports with you. Let's talk about something very positive and something that I'm actually really excited about and happy for UNLV. And that is the UNLV football program. As you know, Ron, and you know this better than anybody, you've been covering UNLV football longer than I have. I've been covering it for 20 years. As I mentioned, you're old. You're cover- you've covered it yes, longer than no, I have. I'm, I'm- Ron, this is an unbelievable year, and I believe that Coach Odom, I believe they're now 8-2, and two, right? Eight, you're right. Air Force and Fresno lose over the weekend. Air Force loses to Hawaii on the road. That was shocking. Now, not that shocking because Air Force, a little shocking, but Air Force was losing like eight of their players to injuries. I think most of them are back this week. If UNLV wins their last two games, they play Air Force on the road this week, and they play San Jose State, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Here. at home. Yes. They win the conference. Let me repeat that. UNLV football is not only bowl eligible, they can win the conference. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think Coach Odom is already a National Coach of the Year candidate. If they win the conference, he has to win the National Coach of the Year. He has to. This is probably... It'll be him and Harbaugh. Yes. Him or Harbaugh. Correct. Let's go but, there. <laughs> but Harbaugh had been, uh, you know, the, the program. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, let's not even get into that whole cheating scandal. But, but he ain't coaching the team anymore. The cheating scandal. Yeah. But what this guy has done in year one in turning this a program around that's been so bad for so long and what he's instilled in his players, like the belief. And I've, I've ha- interviewed some of these guys. We had uh, Jesus on the show a few weeks ago. And he was basically saying, yeah, we, we want to get to a bowl game, but that's not our, you know, our goal. We want to win the conference. I'm like, well, I haven't heard a player say that in, in, since I've been here. This is really a, a cool story. UNLV football is not just a decent team. They're a really good football team. They destroyed Wyoming last week. Wyoming's a bowl team. They <laughs> blew them out. I mean, this is, this is really exciting. And they should have beaten Fresno State. Fresno State's a pretty good football yes. team. At that time, they were playing for the conference lead. Correct. And for, for, dropped the pass in the end zone, three, three turnovers in the second half that were just uh, unex- unexplicable. Anyway, yeah. um, so they could have, should have won that game. They could be nine and one right now. And, and in the, in the driver's seat for the, for the conference yeah. championship. They've never yeah. won the Mountain West. They have won the PCAA. When I first got here, 84, um, they, they, the, that Rebel team went 11 and 2. And so they're being compared to that team. That was Randall Cunningham, 
Uh, my heart doctor, Chuck Ruggeroli. <laughs> That's important. You have a thank, heart doctor? Thank you, Chuck. I didn't know that. I've had a heart doctor for a long time. I, didn't I just know like, that. Yeah, it's, it's good. No, I thought you had a good heart. I dude, guess I was wrong. I'm saying this. Guys, uh, yeah. <laughs> guys should, always, should have a heart doctor. So you get a baseline. Yeah. So you get a baseline for what your ticker's doing because that's what kills us. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, that's what does us in. Boom, we dropped out of a heart attack. It, it, you know, it, so that being said, uh, who else was on that team? Um, um, George Maloof. On that team, and the Maloofs, of the, now part owners of the Knights and casino operators yep. here in yep. town. Oh, and Marion Knight. Oh. Suge Knight, Death Row Records. Wow. Was a linebacker on that team. Suge uh, Knight. Suge Knight. So, he's not doing too good these days. So, yeah, he's in the, he's in You ever murder. interviewed Suge Knight? Yeah, I did when he was a linebacker. Very wow. good linebacker for that Rebel team that went 11-2, and two, won the California Bowl against Toledo. You should interview him behind bars Harvey, and talk to him about like UNLV to. football. Hey, Suge, it's Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Pop, 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 pop. Where'd you get that in prison? Okay. Hold on. I'm bleeding out. Um, you think he listens to a Tupac CD like in his jail cell? Yeah, I don't know. Uh. But anyway. Um, so Harvey Hyde was a coach of that team. Harvey Hyde. And yes. I talked to Harvey Hyde probably two months ago about mm. Barry Odom. And he, he, told, he told me everything I need to know about Barry Odom. He said, I love the guy. He's a football guy. And I go, wait a second. And I sort of had an epiphany there. He is a football guy. I mean, there are football guys and there aren't football guys that sometimes get to high positions of even coaching teams, um, Josh McDaniels, um, that don't uh, give the appearance of being like... Have Josh least, McDaniels is just a clown. He didn't seem like a football guy. No, he's a no, clown. No, here's your comparison. Compare him to um, Dan Johnson, who coaches, coaches the... Um, um, uh, the Detroit Lions. But Ron, compare but, him to so I uh, agree. Mike Tomlin, who coaches Pittsburgh. Those are football guys. Um, but I agree. And, and so, number one, he he gives the appearance of as a football sure. guy and gets the confidence of his yes. team because of that. Yes. Um, and then and he's honest with the media. He's fair with the media. Gives us access. Those are all superficial things, but they matter. They're important. They yeah. matter to us. Okay. And. No, he's he's not he's not Marcus Arroyo. Can I talk? Uh, Marcus I want, Arroyo was not. I don't think he was a Arroyo was a complete guy. clown. But but here's the thing: there are people in this town in the media, not you. And I get angry just that, that if they had it their way, Arroyo would still be the head coach here. They're clowns. Yeah, I know. They're clowns. Okay. They did the same thing with Dave Rice and Marvin Menzies. We need to give a coach at least six or seven years, well, you freaking clowns. The, the, Odom did it in one year. Shut up already. Just shut up about it. <laughs> And then they want to talk about, oh, yeah, Odom's a great coach. You're doing all the well, – I said, well, why don't you just shut up? If you had it your wow. way, Arroyo would still be the head coach. These people have no credibility. <laughs> it drives me crazy. What was it that you saw in Arroyo that you said to yourself, oh, he's, he's making improvements? No, he's not. They were t- He was a terrible head coach. Well, they did get better every year under him. <laughs> no, you look at it. Okay, which was, was – Couldn't get they, much worse. They did get, they, they did get better Couldn't every year. Couldn't get worse. How many, how many games did they win His- year one? One zero zero. It zero, was a zero. Zero, it was zero. A zero. Thank How you. Oh, that was a COVID year yeah, when they had yeah, yeah. eight games. Yeah. Everybody five had to deal. Games Everybody had to deal with COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> but 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 they had fewer games. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So okay, they went. Yeah, you know, and I, no, I was not a Marcus Arroyo. So what, are we going to give a coach fan. six years to, to make it to a ball game? No, one game. I'm, one, not, I'm, I'm agreeing <laughs> with you here. I'm a, I'm a friendly. I'm a friendly. Stop the fire. We're good. We're good with that. Um, so yeah, talk to the other media people. But I don't even know who they are. No, I, don't I don't talk don't, to them. Um, no, I don't talk to them. <laughs> but but it's uh, no, no. He also he also well he had no connections with the local media. Didn't Correct. care to. Didn't and care. That's, okay, that's, that's the problem. Again, that's care. a su- that's a superficial thing. Yep. Bigger than that was he had no connections, and this is what I heard from high school. 
school coaches while he was here during his tenure is that he made no effort to try to connect with them to Correct. try to get their recruits. Just Odom's no the opposite. Odom's Odom the op- is Odom the came opposite. on this show and he said he went to 30 schools in the first two weeks he was here. And That's all I needed to know yes. about this guy to no. say, I think this is going to work. Because he wanted to, because right. he loved to, because he likes football, because right. he's a football guy. Right. Okay. Right. Look at Tim Gergerich in basketball. He's yeah. a basketball guy. He's a junkie. He'd rather be in a gym checking out so some players. Yeah. You know. So we all agree. You know, what Odom's done here is, is nothing short of phenomenal. I'm on the record before the season even started saying that I think Odom was the right guy for the job and he's going to turn this around. I just didn't think he was going to turn it around this this fast. So congratulations to him and the coaching staff. I think it's going to be a good game over the weekend. Um, and if they win over the weekend, I think they beat San Jose State at home. They win the conference, which will be a great story. On the other side. they got to worry about keeping him. At some, yes. <laughs> some, oh, no, yes. his name's getting mentioned. Well, same, thing with, same thing with Coach LaRock, uh, you know, with the oh, UNLV yeah. women's Lindy. program. She's done a great job as well. But let's talk about the men's basketball program because I think Kevin's in a little bit of trouble. Um, I've watched this team play now in a couple games. They have some decent players. But this is year three. And by year three, if you're not showing vast improvement, it might be time to make another decision. And Eric Harper, our athletic director, has already proved that he's not afraid to do so. And I commend Eric Harper. I like Eric Harper. Uh, But with that being said, I'm not saying he has to win the conference this year. I'm not saying he has to make the NCAA tournament. Make the NIT. In order to make the NIT or the NCAA tournament, you have to compete for a Mountain West Conference title. They're picked preseason number six. So I'm sorry. I just I just think that Kevin has to compete for the title and be in the mix the final two weeks of the season. And if he doesn't, or if he doesn't make the finals of the Mountain West Conference tournament and none of these things happen, not a berth at least to the NIT, but I think Eric Harper has a decision to make. Agree or disagree? No, I, I, I want to wait and see. Well, I'm going to wait and see how this goes. Okay. Yeah, you, you might be right on all of those standards that he oh, needs yeah. to get. And Kevin would probably say, yeah, that's the case. I got to be there, you know, at some point. Um, <sighs> Eric, Eric Harper didn't hire Kevin Kruger, so he has no Correct. loyalty to Kevin Kruger. And that, that matters when you're talking any, whatever. If you've worked- she did hire LaRock, though. I give her credit for that. That's the only thing I'd probably give her credit for, but yes. Yeah. So, so that, that's, that could be an issue down the road. You, might make him pull the trigger a little faster than if he was it was his hire. Yeah. So that being said, but Kevin Kruger is very well liked as he should be in this community. That helps. Um, and like like Odom, he's developed these relationships. He's got local kids on this team. Three very good local players, including DJ Thomas, D Don's kid. We'll see what he can do. He's a freshman, so we'll see what he can do here this year. But two games. I didn't see the first game. From my uh, good thing, I, I where was I? Was it a night's game that night? What else was going on that night that I missed? Um, I don't know. But anyway, I wasn't at that first game. I was at the second game, and it was it was fine. I mean, they beat Stetson, the Hatters. Okay, way to go. Terrible team. Um, yeah. uh, the first team they played was terrible. That Southern, was, that was they were 21-point em- favorites over Southern U, and they're down by 19 at halftime. Embarrassing loss. Um, yeah, yeah, I was. Oh, Knights were playing the Kings that night. So I was at the Kings. I was at the Kings game. Your Kings. Yeah, the Kings played well. <laughs> they played well. They are, yeah. They're road warriors, the, yeah. the, the, the Kings team right now. So that being said, um, uh, it, it was <sighs> – yeah, let's wait. I'm waiting for a little while. I want to see what this team can do. I don't want to see it go 10 and 1 in non-conference and then toss a brick when it gets to conference play yeah. like it did last year. Right. Cause conference play is where you really show your passion, your emotion. And Coaching how matters you are. a lot more in conference play. And I just think, yes. Uh, listen, I'm just going to say this right now. And, um, there's probably going to be a lot of people that are going to disagree with me on this. First of all, I love Kevin. He's a good dude. Um, great guy, great family, Lon Kruger legend, right? We all, we all agree. What Lon did with the UNLV program here was awesome. I mean, he did a great job. I'm not sure that Kevin is ready yet. I'm not sure that he's ready yet. Um, maybe one day he will be. 
I don't think he's ready right now for this job. And um, that's my personal opinion. It doesn't mean I'm not rooting for him. Kevin's a great guy. Um, I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope he has a great year this year. I'm just not sure it's working out. They got and Friday at Pepperdine. I don't know how good Pepperdine is. Yeah, they're is, playing South Florida, right? No, I think is they're Pepperdine. Southern? I think they're in Malibu this weekend. Okay, and I know they're playing in a tournament. Uh, oh, and then, then they play in Yeah, that, they go to Florida and play in that have, tournament. Yep. Yeah. Some good Pepperdine. quality teams. Well, have you ever been to Pepperdine? I heard it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I heard it's awesome. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it is absolutely... I don't know how you could recruit against Pepperdine. Like, how do, <laughs> how do you keep people from going to Pepperdine? You want to go to Pepperdine? Yeah. What it, is it? it he just passed away, school. didn't he? Paul Westfall. Paul, uh, yes. He used to be the coach over there at Pepperdine for a he, little bit. He was at Pepperdine. Yeah. And coached Lakers the Suns, right? Uh, and, and was at Loyola Marymount when Hank yeah. Gathers died. Correct. And, of course, won a championship with the Lakers. Yep. And famously fired the next year. And <laughs> Right. Which is Showtime. Showtime displays that so it's so much have you seen the showtime show uh, i have on, on, on I have. the lakers winning time it's called winning time yeah i have but yep. it's on show it's on show what do you think you're Laker? what do you think you're lakers by the way uh they've been playing some decent- i paid no attention to nba this year really you didn't see draymond green put the chokehold on I did, yesterday i, did, I, did, I saw Gobert? pictures of that yesterday <laughs> i saw pictures of that uh i i've seen a video from the ugly cops can't even do that the ugly courts that they're using for the you don't like the courts tournament. really Oh, no, no, no. How about that NBA midseason tournament in Vegas, the Final Four? What do you think? Bring it on. I like that. Now, that I like. Yeah, No, I'm looking forward to that. That's T-Mobile, right? That's December 7th and 9th. That's coming up. 7th and 9th. (laughs) We got the F1 this week, and we got the Final Four of the NBA in a couple weeks. Then the week after that, it just got announced, that we've got an NBA all, uh, Major League Baseball, MLB, the all MLB team is going to be announced here in Las Vegas at a special show, December 14th through the oh, 17th. Oh, yeah, then we have something called the Super Bowl. And then we have Christmas. <laughs> Let's get through that. Super Bowl. Then we have the Super You've heard of that Super Bowl? March Madness yeah. here. Don't we have the NCAA tournament here, too? To 28. 2028. <laughs> Oh, 2028. We do okay. have that, 2028. How far We had away? it last year. We had UConn. I watched we UConn. Have, that was I, got to, I got a chance to meet Bill Murray. That was, that was, a, that was a cool <laughs> highlight for me when UConn came to town. Did you, did you use Caddyshack lines with him? I did not. I actually talked to him about his son, who's an assistant coach on UConn, and that kind of, that kind of started the conversation The Super Bowl, well. by the way, is two months, three weeks, is um, 88 days away. 2,113 hours. Have you put in for your credentials? I have not. The station is going to apply for Something tells so. me that the Raiders are not going to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know that's a yeah. wild opinion. It's a hot take, as Chris Wynn would tough, say. They've got a tough one with Miami this weekend. I mean, this this is going to be the real test. They're not beating what's, Miami. What's nice? What, no, they're, they're 11-point underdogs. Yeah. Uh, what's nice when Antonio Pierce took over this team, though, is the schedule was kind to him in that he had two – one, the, one of the worst teams in football in the Giants – and was able to beat them. They can't. They can't score points. They're terrible. Yeah. The Jets, very good defense, but can't score points. So they. So they didn't. A bunch of field goals. This is a different. Um, uh, so now, now they're going up. Their next two games are going to be key, um, as they've got uh, at Miami and then Kansas City uh, here. So they've got two real tough games coming up. T- this listen, if they could win one of these, that'd be incredible. If uh, they could win, no, yeah. if they could win one of these two and yeah. come out of this at six and six, oh no, I'm going, wait a second. Th- you know what's amazing to me? The Buffalo Bills have now have the same record that the Raiders have. I, I don't know what's going on with Josh Allen. It, yeah, it is that Josh Allen. He's it is struggling. Something yeah. is wrong there yeah. in that he just looks, I mean, you watch the game against Denver doesn't and you're seeing Russell yeah. Wilson's looks out like, Looks him. like Garoppolo. Yeah, it doesn't look very good. And it looks like Garoppolo. Not that bad. Um, He's looking like Justin Herbert. It's interesting in the NFL. Herbert's been struggling too. No, he's yeah. been struggling. Uh, yeah. Is is quarterbacks or quarter quarterbacks 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 
Um, are, <laughs> there are some bad ones in the league right now having to struggle their way through, and it's ugly to watch those NFL games. NFL stuff. You know, it's Defenses tough are getting yeah. better because they know mm-hmm. for years I've been saying this, and now it's coming true to fruition, yep. is that if you can rush the quarterback, you're going to win football games. Yeah. Teams that can rush – okay, so they're rushing quarterbacks, and they're giving sure. them grief. Miami – Miami, interesting stat, because I was going through this and I have to tape something at the station in about a half an hour from now uh, that's going to air Sunday. Um, Miami Dolphins are number one in the league in fewest sacks and fewest quarterback hurries. And they've had to change, they've had 10 offensive linemen hurt this year. They've had to move their offensive line around. And by the way, they're not just number one by a little bit. They're, they've only given up 15, 15 sacks this year. Next, number two has given up 29 sacks. So nearly double. Number two in quarterback rushes has given up 10 more quarterback rushes than what Miami has. So they've been able to protect Tua. And, and so if they can't, if the Raiders can't get to Tua, it's going to be a long day for them on yeah, Sunday. It starts yeah. at 10 a.m. I think it's Channel 8 game. I think it's 8 yeah, games now. Yeah. Um, so and let's should, not forget, we have some game. great college basketball tournaments in town. Uh, starting yeah. Friday, we've got a big one. Uh, San Diego State just lost a game the other day, but they're, they're, they're picked number one in the Mountain West and they're playing what I think is Randy Bennett's best St. Mary's team, uh, in years. They're better than Gonzaga this year. St. Mary's really good basketball team. So that's going to be good. And then uh, Xavier's in town too. Uh, good tournament at T-Mobile. I will not be going to the F1, but I will be going to this college basketball. You'll be hearing tournament. them. Yeah, I'll probably You'll hear will. them. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. Starting tonight, right? Starting tonight. No, starting tomorrow. Well, there might be to, some test there, runs. There could be some test runs, but those aren't going to be F1 cars. I know one of the drivers has given the – and the test runs, what they are is basically they're uh, getting a super Ford Mustang and putting a couple of people to pay a bunch of money uh, in it and get to go around the track under the lights at night and that sort of stuff. So that's what – if you're hearing the noise tonight, that's what it's going that's to be. That's what it is. And, uh, but, but 8.30 on Thursday is when it begins – uh, the, the practice sessions and then qualifying. What do they on charge Friday. to watch a practice session? I, I don't know. It, it might be four or five hundred bucks. Wait around for a little while. If price is going down, it's steadily going down. So there might be, if you want to go, to be able to check it out, make it lower price. But, uh, again, again, this is a worldwide event. You need to look beyond Connecticut, Brian. Everyone, every once in a while, you need, there's people, there's things outside that little, <laughs> the little bubble. <laughs> But love that little bubble in Connecticut. I don't think about Connecticut in. ever anymore. You don't anymore? That was a bubble. I agree with you there. Are your it parents your parents out here now? They are. They, they are. Bless you. Good for yes, them. Yes, they are. Good yeah, that was a bubble. I do agree with you. Living in Connecticut was definitely a bubble, but I was a bubble in between New York and Boston, so that was one positive. I was able to go to New oh, York. Oh, you can and, go to the real world. So that was there. cool. Yeah. yeah, the real world. Yeah, and see, I don't terrible. know the East Coast. <laughs> I've never lived there. I grew up in L.A., West Coast guy. By the way, Antonio Pierce, West Coast guy. Compton. Uh, this is another thing I like about him. He drives hey. a 64 Candy Apple Red Chevy Impala. Oh, Are you I, kidding that me? That I like. Hey, I got a picture of him. He's it. also he's, never lost an NFL football game. He's 2-0. He's, he's so. 2-0. Yes. Have well, Ron, I, I, we are at a time, my friend. You'll have to show it to me after, but I want to say thank no, you for No, you're seeing being, it right now. Look. Oh, live on the air. Okay, I'm going to look at it right That's now, it right live there. on the air. There, there it is. is that a That's his car? Wow, look at that. That's his car that he drives to the game. How cool is that? Candy Apple Red 1964 Chevy Impala. LA I like over it. and over and over again. I'll see if you can pick me up for one of these uh, Raiders games coming up. Ron Futrell, thank you so much for being here as always. <laughs> it is always a pleasure. I want to ride Have this. fun at the F1, and I can't wait to text you. Let me know how it's going over there. I'm not right? going to have fun. It's hard work. Yeah, Brian, it's, it's hard, hard work, work, but somebody has it's to. It's hard work. And I, I understand. Yeah, it's, as I say well, to my wife. My thoughts goes, and prayers for you and your family. Yeah, I'm having to work hard for the next <laughs> four nights. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Ron. Always Thanks. appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Same time, same place. Have a great day.